Hello, a bit Spursy listeners. It is me, Dan, and welcome to the uh, a bit Spursy phone-in show, which is kind of like talk sport, but not shit. On on the line, we have the evergreen Barney. Uh, what's going on? Welcome to talk sport. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's right. I'm out. I'm out roving. Uh, I'm roving through uh, the. Uh, I think it's the. I don't know what highway. The M3 and. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get a sense of what's happening on the ground here with uh, Spurs fans. Unfortunately, I'm traveling quite quickly, and as is everyone else, so it's hard to sort of get any uh, box pop. Um, but, you know, that's the role of a roving reporter. It sounds like you're an intern at a news company. You just left the office, like, without checking on your assignment, and you're just going to, you know what? I'm just going to head out on the freeway and see if I can catch anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing. And they're like, you've got to have a story by the end of today. <laughs> All right. All right. Freeway it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's lots of people there. <laughs> Barney, you've been relieved of your duties. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely. I don't think I'd last very long. Either, don't I? No, I think, I think you'd do well. I think at least it would be entertaining. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, more entertaining than uh, <laughs> our beloved Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. Oh, my God. Um, just absolutely, like, toothless. So, so boring. <laughs> it's 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 really not good at all. Um, should we check in on the Leicester game first? Because... I believe, you know, uh, we last recorded after Man City, very positive <laughs> feelings yeah. of like, we've, oh, maybe we've turned the corner, maybe it's finally coming together. And then that came yep. absolutely crashing down um, with uh-huh. a 4-1 defeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In just the most uh, tragic and um, sort of explosive, or no, actually, these are words that describe something that was big. It was just like, What's that poem about going out not with a loud bang but a whimper? That that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, Barney, how did you feel about the game in the sense of like pre-match? Were you were you excited? Like, I mean, Poro was obviously the big inclusion that everyone yeah. was was sort of looking forward to. But how did you feel before the game when you saw the lineup came up? Oh, I was I was hyped. I was excited to see Poro. I was like, oh my god, here we go. We've got two attacking wing backs. We've got sort of everyone we seemingly need to have to make us a functional football team. Leicester aren't very good. Um, I can't wait. I mean, how did you feel as soon as, as soon as the game started? I mean, obviously we got that first, that first Benton Kerr goal. Um, and that was great. And I was feeling a little bit, I was like, oh, cool. We got the first goal. Oh, this is going to be, oh, they're going to try and, you know, come on to us and then we are going to absolutely blast them on the counter. And that did not happen at all. Yeah, I, I think with the Bentico goal, I, it was like a, a good start to have that in the first 15 minutes, but it also, yeah. to me, kind of felt like mm, something doesn't feel right about this. And not just the fact of us scoring first, but the fact that it, it didn't really feel like we were controlling the game or anything like that. And no. it just feels like... 
what happened in this game is what so many teams are doing against us that they know how to set up <laughs> to play against Conte because Conte has zero surprises in his locker ever. Yeah. And yep. it looks like Leicester came with a, a, a really strict game plan on how to shut us down. And yeah, we snuck one in at, in at the start, but then after that, it just felt like we were, we were nowhere near it and it didn't feel like, oh, we're just making sloppy mistakes here. It just felt like this, you know, Leicester were just completely all over us and they just knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, there was obviously a fantastic strike in there, but the other goals that we conceded, I mean, they were very frustrating because they weren't, you know, like when you can stick it on a, I mean, players were caught out of the position, but I would sort of put that more up to structure than, than Mourinho's favorite individual errors. Um, we were so exposed and Porro got caught out a lot. I mean, there was that, that goal where Dyer got completely caught out. Um, yeah, it looked, it reminded me of the AVB, like I think his last match, that 5-1 or 5-0, whatever it was against City, if that was his last match, if I'm remembering that correctly, where we just played with this, like we kept on playing with this high line and didn't have the structure or defense to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you're right in what you said around it didn't feel like, you know, just individual errors. Like there were some in there, but it was down to the system that was being yeah. played. And I think that to me is the most concerning thing about us reverting to this. Um, because mm. it just seems like, like, again, we're just not doing things to help ourselves. And the fact that I think we still waited quite a long time before we made any subs. Um, mm. I think it was the still around the 75th minute that our first subs or or maybe the 65th, something around then, but it was, yeah, yeah it was 65th. That's right. Cause that's when Bentica went off. Um, yeah. And it's like, how at that stage is this the time to make subs when we're already three, one down? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, especially when we were two, one down before half time. Um, yeah. Oh no, hang on. Wait, no, they scored the third one at the end of the first half, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, I think they did. So we were 3-1 down at halftime. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> even more reason to uh, make subs. Yeah. And it's like, and also Poro, like, it's tough for him to come in, I think, in this scenario. But this game really did highlight, one, his just weaknesses that defensively there are some, you know, pretty legitimate question marks over him. Um, mm. and, and secondly, it's a big step up to the Premier League. So he's not going to just suddenly turn our season around the fact that we now have, you know, an attacking wing back and one that by all accounts is very good in the final third. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It doesn't feel me as like, Oh, this is the signing that is going to put the season back on track. And and I don't mean that as a criticism of Poro or the signing at all, but I don't know. I'm feeling quite defeated <laughs> after this result. Yeah, me too. I sort of was like, well, uh, this it, it really hammered home the you know and you always have hope and if you don't have hope then you sort of no point watching that it's like there are other areas we need to sign a player in and we're signing a right back okay and we're letting Doherty go for nothing and okay but maybe that this is the missing piece I hope um, and it wasn't 
Uh, but, you know, like, I guess it's not like, uh, I mean, I thought Kulusevsky was fine in, in his first game, but, um, you know, the criticism there was insane. And so I don't want to sort of do that for Poro, but, yeah, I felt the same, pretty, like, flat. And then knowing, obviously, the next game, I was like, there's, I, you know, as much as, in, uh, sorry, AC Milan had been struggling, I was like, there's no chance we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think to me, the, the, the exciting part of the, the Milan game, and this is pre-match, was knowing that, <laughs> this sounds weird to say it's an exciting part because it is based on half of our team being injured. Um, but it was kind of exciting to to sort of throw, you know, Saar and Skip into the cauldron and see what they could do. So yeah. I was looking forward to that in terms of a story. And I feel like maybe that sort of sums up where I'm sitting at the moment that I'm not, I'm still, I'm still hopeful of us doing well, but ultimately I'm just looking for interesting things to happen as opposed to yeah. thinking we're going to go into games and win because we, we know exactly how Conte is going to set up. It's going to be the same. It's where well, there's nothing new there and more and more teams, they now know how to do that. And it's like, we need a team that plays a thousand percent into our hands. Like we need a, a, a an egotistical team like Man City who are just so yeah. arrogant to think, well, we can play however we want. It doesn't matter. We're better than everyone. And they're the games that we have a chance of, of winning because when the other team is just, you know, so caught up with their own, you know, stature and everything that they, they will just come at us. But if any other team sets up differently, we are not, we're not good at all. Yeah. It's like if any other team spends more than five minutes thinking about how they could set up tactically to beat us, we're like, uh uh-oh, um, but, yeah, in that scenario where it's like City are just going to roll out and play how they play and their style perfectly seems to play into how we want to play, then things are things are fine. But if you're coming up against David Brent, a.k.a. Brendan Rogers, Leicester, <laughs> and they whack us like they did, like the whole idea of having sort of set tactics uh, that don't change is like, yeah, the other team can know what we're doing, but we're so good at it that it doesn't matter. Um, and we're just not anywhere close to that. Yeah. It's like the other team knows what we're doing and they can just play around it. Um, and it's very effective. Yeah. That's the big difference. It's like Conte is continuing to just play in this manner, which is it re- yeah, it relies on us being the best team in, in terms of the personnel that we have. Like we almost, we almost need a full team where we can't upgrade any positions because everyone yeah. there is the perfectly designed to do their role. And then, and then that's it. And then we'd be fine. But as time goes on, I'm just getting more and more frustrated with this approach and the fact as well, that it's like, it's all well and good to just think you don't have the players or complain about any of that. But it's almost like, I don't want to say Conte's purposely losing, but he's, purposefully I think not adjusting things to make points now of like I don't have the players I don't have the players and instead of actually being proactive and going well if I don't have the players the board still knows what I want long term but for the short term I might need to adjust my formation a little bit or I might need to adjust tactically there's just none of that it's just like well I don't have the players so uh, what do you want me to do what what on earth Mm. could I possibly do in any of these games to get a different result yeah exactly 
the I guess the big question is then, Dan, are you Conte out? It's like every week now I'm nudging more and more towards Conte out. Um, yeah. I totally accept as well that Conte has been through a lot in his personal life over, you know, the last six months or so. But I would also say to that, that that I don't think is really like, it hasn't changed how he's setting up and playing in games. Um, yeah. So he might on a personal level need a break. And that's totally like, if he said that you'd be like, yeah, a thousand percent. We totally yeah. get it. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's like, I feel like I'm probably just at the stage now where I want to see, I just want to see us set up a bit more proactively and I don't know, maybe hero the strengths of the team, which is like definitely our attacking line, um, mm. rather than setting up in a way that, that where we're set up to fail because we don't have the world-class, you know, five at the back, which, which is required for Conte system. I prefer for us to go out now and try and outscore teams than try and hold on, but then inadvertently we, we end up getting overrun and team score and then we're just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I am very much in the, yeah, Conte, you know, he's had a bunch, he lost a bunch of close friends. He's then been unwell. To me, it just looks like he's just like, you know, unable. He's like done. Like he, he needs, he needs that personal break. And I guess what I find frustrating is I'm like, well, if he needs that personal break and he wants to go home to Italy and he is going to go home to Italy in the summer, I'm like, let's just, let's just get rid of him now. Like, <laughs> what are we just going to set up in the same way and we're going to get the same performances? And like, is this now it for the rest of the season? Like, are we going to bottle the, ch- or maybe actually we'll bottle the Champions League and then all of a sudden things will come together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe this is all just tactical from Conte, like in an overall sense, where he just wants us to crash out of the Champions League, and then yeah. and then we go back to a, we we still then have to crash out of the FA Cup, and then we go back yeah. to not necessarily one game a week just because of the schedule, but we go back to the closest we can get to one game a week. Yeah, yeah, that's what I reckon. The which is so bizarre because you know Conte did such a good job at the end, back end of last season to get us to the Champions League. We get into the Champions League and then it's like, well, Conte's never been good in the Champions League or when he's had more than one game a week. So it's almost like he needs to do that job and then you're like, all right, we'll swap over to someone else that can play more uh, regu- like at a higher level more regularly. Yeah. I, I feel like with Conte, it's that thing where the board says, uh, look, Antonio, you, we need to get Champions League in order to get money to spend. And then he's just at yeah. the other end of the table going like, oh, <laughs> fine. Just like a petulant mm. teenager. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. We'll get us in Champions League, but I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't want to have to play in it. Ryan Mason can take those games. <laughs> yeah. Can we set that up so Ryan Mason can take all those games? Yeah. Uh, no, Antonio, <laughs> not at all. Well, well fine then. Yeah, I, I, I just I feel very like uh, the morning of the AC game, my alarm went off, and I looked at my phone and went, "Actually, I'm not going to watch this live. I don't care." Uh, <laughs> and that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. So you didn't watch it live? No. Okay, yeah, I was on delay as well. I even watched it at like almost two times speed, and it was still boring. 
Yeah, it was a really dour game, and it looked like it was just basically played between two teams who don't want to play football. And yeah, it just was this kind of weird, like, weird, I don't want to say, it wasn't grinding it out because it didn't, to me, have that sort of intensity about it. Um, it was just like, it seemed like the game was more, maybe more of an inconvenience for both teams rather than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There was, yeah, like, okay, here we go, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, like, I actually don't even know who we're playing next because I've just kind of checked out. <laughs> I'll just feel like you, <laughs> I'll just get the message tomorrow. Like, Hey, I go for a West Brom now. <laughs> <laughs> they're a young team. They're on the up. <laughs> They've, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we got West Ham. Mm. Great. Just what we need right now. Derby. Yeah. Especially, uh, they're 16th at the moment and they're only two yeah. points out of the relegation zone, but yeah, this feels like a game that it could just be re- a bit resurgent for West Ham and like yeah. start bouncing the back up into mid table and yeah. I feel like it's going to be, it's like, if we don't win this or if we don't get some, and this is at home as well. So if we don't win this, mm. it's, it's pretty detrimental because the next game after that we have is Chelsea. <laughs> then we play Wolves. Then we play Forest. Uh, so Wolves and Forest, like they, you know, they should be quite winnable, but I kind of regret saying that. Then we play Southampton. So like the Chelsea game, we always seem to have issues there, even if Chelsea aren't playing well. Um, oh yeah, yeah, but that is at home, so so who knows? But yeah, it feels like there are some winnable games coming up. But I would say that about a team that is in half decent form and sort of yeah looks like they are even excited to go, to go into games. And I feel like we're definitely not that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, they're like to me the scariest game, not because of ability. Like I reckon Nottingham and. Uh, Wolves are far tougher opposition at the moment than Chelsea, but the the Chelsea curse means that we're going to launch Graham Potter's Chelsea career. And by that stage, maybe if they've so Chelsea are eight points behind, and they've got a game in hand. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because like we 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 say all this, and this is probably the most pessimistic we've been for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we are still in fifth. But having said that, West Brom are sixth and they are four points behind and they've got two games in hand. So it yeah. does kind of feel like we're kind of clinching onto fifth for, for, for <laughs> with like every sort of fiber of our being right now. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's starting to feel like it's just almost a matter of time until we drop, especially now that we've got no Cezanyon, we've got no Benton Kurt. Like it's kind of, it's, it's laughable. And I don't mean laughable in the sense of, um, attacking the club and the team in that sense. But you kind of sit back and laugh because it's like, all right, we've got, we got rid of a wing back and then now the, one of the other ones got <laughs> injured. So now Perisic has basically got to play every game. Yeah. And Benton Kerr, our best midfielder is now out for the season. Then the backup kind of came in with Basuma. He's out for two hmm. months. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, the injury list at the moment is, unbelievable and then also you know like there's been a lot of talk about Kulisevsky probably carrying something because he looks kind of off Son is completely broken um like (laughs) 
there's not like is there someone at the moment that's like well at least they're doing all right uh kane plodding along yeah i guess i guess i don't count him because i just expect regardless that he's gonna be harry kane yeah that's um but yes you're right but i can't like maybe sar is like oh well that's interesting but apart from that it's like oh yeah no definitely it seems like Saar is Saar played pretty well against Milan, and and that's you know I'd like to see more Saar now. So I'm I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, yeah. it, it sort of just becomes that thing like we were talking about earlier that it's like all right, let's just have some interesting things happen in games. And if we're going yeah. into games now, going oh, I wonder how Saar will go in this game, um, rather yeah. than like all right, let's smash up West Ham. It mm. it sort of it just doesn't bode well overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you in the, oh, I wonder whether they'll wear the yellow sock. Then, yeah, you know that things are very, very dire. <laughs> I just love that pre-match discussion of like, all right, who do you think we're going to start up with? I'd just rather talk about the socks, to be honest. Yeah, just see what they're wearing. Oh, well, yeah, I wonder if um, when they go out, whether, are they going to uh, have a, a child each or is it just going to be one child when they walk out? <laughs> It's like, Barney, no, no, can we just like, let's just chat about the game. Let's chat about the game. Uh, you know, what tactical approach do you think we're going to set up with? Um, I think probably whatever we feel like. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what the pre-match meal was. Did they have chicken? I think <laughs> often they have chicken. Yeah. Oh, can we fast forward to half to get to the half-time interview? <laughs> I want to listen to Tim Sherwood talk about us again. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's grim. And I, when was the last time I felt this checked out? And I can't think of a time. Like Mourinho was more like there was more anger, um, and it felt more inevitable. And sure, this you know like feels maybe I kind of feel like you know Conte's gone and it is inevitable. But yeah, like absolute despondence. <laughs> is where I'm at. Yeah, uh, and I think the same with Nuno, where you said there was yeah there was more just frustration about the situation. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, it just feels like now, it's it's the more and more I'm I'm okay I'm I'm moving even as we're talking, I'm definitely moving more and more into the camp of just like Conte is not the right fit, and I don't think that's a bad thing overall. But I know that if we were to sack Conte without a replacement lined up or without like a, you know, a, a half decent replacement lined up, um, I mean, that also probably has the, the possibility to like unsettle the squad even further. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, and I just don't trust us to do that, to be like, all right, we've got our, like, we know who we're going, going to have next. This is the plan. Like, it's going to be like I read something the other day where it's like Tottenham will choose not to sort of fully go in, say, with Conte, and then it will end up costing just as much money later. And that's what I feel like. You know, like we have given him some signings, yeah, but we haven't sort of gone all out like he might be used to it. You know, other clubs, maybe not Inter. And, like, 
if we get rid of him, we're going to be like, uh, uh, well, Ryan Mason will do a job for a bit and then, um, 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 uh, and then we'll, you know, like sit in our hands for seven months until the next season's nearly started. And then we're like, it's Nuno again. And we're like, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's almost like if, if Conte was to go before the end of the season, you'd think then that Poch would have to be the one that they're going for. And I don't know if I'm pro Poch coming back and I think I'm probably not, but no. um, it feels like, yeah, if you're going to get rid of Conte now, I'm just like, who are you going to replace? Like there's a lot of mention of maybe like Deserby from Brighton could be an option, but it's like, he's just come in. And yeah. he's got Brighton in sixth and like yeah. they're doing pretty well. And mm. I, I don't know why he would go at this stage of a season, go like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll jump ship and go to Spurs. Like, I know that we can pay a lot more and more prestigious club historically and all that, but I just don't know why you would come in now at Brighton, stay for a couple of months and then go to Spurs in, in, in to replace someone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And if we do go down, like the other thing that it's like, are we going to go down the route of uh, a project with like a plan or are we going to try and go for another, like this manager's really good um, kind of signing. And if we do do, you know, like we've got a history of bringing in that kind of manager and then not sort of doing what's needed for that manager to be successful. But even with the project, I'm like, will we then do what we did under Poch and like clear out a whole bunch of players? Or will we be like, mm, no, we want to make sure that Eric Dyer is here for the longest time ever that a first player has ever been at the club? Yeah, it's, it's a good point because you also think too, does Kane want to hang around for a project? Um, no. Someone like Son, and we know like Son, it's it's just unbelievable um, the sort of drop-off we've had from him this season. But, I mean, Son's 30. Like, it feels like if it's a project, then... <laughs> like, if you're going for a project manager, in essence, you kind of need to go, all right, we're just going to sell Kane, sell Son, sell basically, you know, everyone um, who has any sort of value and then sort of really, really start from scratch. And I'm not saying we 100% should do that, but it, it's really... I think we're in a really weird spot at the moment. Yeah, I mean, not to mention our director of football is currently in hiding um, <laughs> from uh, from the uh, from Interpol. I don't know. No, he's not. It's the Italian player. But um, <laughs> it's like, what well, if you know, Conte does go. We're not really in a like. If we're going to hire a new director of football after we finally hired one, and then this has happened, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess the pessimism also comes from like, what's next? Yeah. It's really hard to describe the feeling. Like it feels more like if you ask me about Tottenham right now, I just feel a bit of a void Mm. Um, because like, yeah, it's like, what, what does sort of we believe in as a club, as a team? What are we setting up to do? What's the aim here? What's going on? And also when you've got Paratici, who's like, he's super close with Conte. Um, it's got to be interesting discussions if you're Daniel Levy and Baratici. And it's like, well, what should we do with Antonio? Uh, it seems like he might need a break. It seems like he's kind of checked out. 
And then does Paratici go like, yes, yes, of course. And then jumps on the phone. Antonio, Daniel wants to get rid of you. He said you suck. <laughs> like, it's a weird situation to handle there where it's like, you know, there are certain reports that it was actually Levy who really pushed for Conte and got that sorted rather than Paratici. But we do know that they're close. So it's so weird that it's like our director of football is like banned from at least one country <laughs> in terms of working. And they're really close with the manager. The man, the manager also, you know, may very well want to, want to leave. And I think there's just a lot of, there's just a lot going on. I wouldn't be surprised if we had like a big bid come in for the club. I feel like there's got to be a point in, you know, Daniel Levy's life where he goes, you know what? We've had a good run. Let's just sell and I can just go and enjoy myself and relax for a bit. But like he, even though, even if we did sell, he said that he wants to stay on as chairman. So I, I mean, that would be ideal, but you know, to have, the other thing is like, you know, new ownership is good. You know, the whole devil, you know, thing, but like if we had Todd Bowley as our owner, who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to, spend so as much money as possible. Um, like, I mean, eventually Chelsea might pull it together and it will be brilliant, but um, brilliant for them, I mean. But yeah, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so undecided and skeptical about everything. Yeah. And I think this is all compounded by the fact that two kind of what we would call more project type managers in a sense with, you know, Ten Hag and Arteta um, have done relatively well this season. When you've got also mm. someone like Eddie Howe, who <laughs> I hate, I'm not praising Newcastle at all, um, but Eddie Howe is someone who he works with players, gets the best out of them, and is definitely someone who goes somewhere for a long-term, like, you know, scenario and relationship is not not coming in. And those are three of the teams that are above us now. Mm. Um, it, it's just, and like Chelsea, it, that could have been it with Potter, but they've now just become like super evil Chelsea again. And... I just try to buy their way back up there. Um, it just feels kind of frustrating in the sense that maybe we've missed a trick with with these appointments we've had, where we've had Mourinho, we've had then you know Nuno was whatever, um, and then mm. Antonio. Where I wonder what would have happened if we had gotten in, like someone like a, a, a Ten Hag or someone more of this project type manager um, who has a kind of interesting philosophy that is also revolves around developing players. If we made mm. that move after Poch, instead of going for the glory, like Hollywood signings for managers, I wonder where we would be now. We could be a lot worse off, but we also could, could possibly be closer to, you know, an Arsenal Man U situation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, Ten Hag pulled it together pretty quick at um, Man U. Like, He's only just come in and he's already got them playing much better. Um, and yeah, they've had, you know, some, some good signings. He got rid of Ronaldo, <laughs> which maybe might be the, the biggest factor. And I, I guess for me, one of the things is, you know, when Conte was, a, was appointed, one of the, the big talking points was like, he turned Victor Moses into an unbelievable wingback. Who's it going to be on Spurs? And the answer is nobody. <laughs> nobody he will regress everyone apart from yeah. maybe maybe kane <laughs> mm. but he tries to regress kane though because he actually goes just play up top now and that's it i don't want you dropping back <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right um 
All right. Well, we said we were going to do a, a quick one. Should we um, should we leave it there? I think we should wrap it there because we're also kind of in a weird, like I just sense we're we're both in a bit of a weird place and. If we keep on going for longer, we're probably going to talk ourselves <laughs> into, you know, giving up. I was going to say giving up our season tickets, but like, I mean, giving up our Optus Sports <laughs> subscriptions to watch the games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's probably good to have a bit of a break. Oh, we're going to start Hotspur of Tottenham FC as a rival club. Um, run the right way. Yeah, we want to run it the right way. How's that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just fans. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> Fans make all the calls. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Um, all right. Well, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to be the roving reporter. Um, and uh, as always on this podcast, I've been Barney. I've been Dad. And Barney, I just had this thought. It's It might seem to people listening that they're like, yeah, Barney couldn't even be bothered sitting down at a desk to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> Such is the feeling. He's like, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm out. I'm not coming back. I'm just, nah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I do all the podcasts from my car now. Uh, go Spurs, I guess. You've been listening to a bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at a bit and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.